This podcast is made available for free globally. That is only possible through my relationships with advertising partners. If you would like to access an ad-free version of Practical Stoicism, go to stoicismpod.com forward slash members to learn more. Good morning, Prakaptan. I hope you are well. Today we are covering Meditation 23 from Book 5 of Meditations, but as you can probably hear, I'm a bit sick. I have been for a couple of days, so please bear with me, and I hope by Wednesday of this week I'll be back to sounding like my normal self. A stoic reminder that we do not control our bodies. Today, I do not control the expression of my voice. A pretty heavy reminder, considering what I do for a living. Here is the meditation we will be exploring today. Call to mind the whole of substance of which you have a very small portion, and the whole of time whereof a small hair's breadth has been determined for you, and of the chain of causation whereof you are of how small a link. Before today's episode, I want to thank Kang Kokhua for becoming the newest patron of this podcast. If you're not a patron of this show, consider becoming one to get rid of ads and to support my work directly. These reminders may at times seem that I'm prioritizing making money over delivering philosophy. They are, after all, present in every episode, and I've heard some of you complain. But just as the street performer reminds you that he or she accepts coinage in their guitar case, even though they are not charging you for their performance because they have to eat, I too will continue to provide benefit to all of those who find this podcast worthwhile for free. But as both street performers and philosophers must eat, I will kindly remind you of my Patreon-shaped guitar case at the outset of every performance. You can become a patron today by going to stoicismpod.com forward slash members. And now for the ads, after which we will return to review Meditation 23 from Book 5 of Marcus's Meditations, which I am actually just realizing is the 24th meditation of Book 5. Again, I'm sick, everybody, so I'm not 100% today, but I'm giving it my all. Here are those ads. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Factor. Eating easy is rarely healthy, but with Factor, the marriage of ease and health has finally happened. Ring those bells and throw that rice. Factor is a meal delivery service providing never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals that are ready to go in just two minutes and are delivered straight to your doorstep. This includes restaurant-quality meals for every meal of the day and, if you want, even snacks and beverages as well. I used Factor for years and raved to my friends about how not a single meal tasted bad, which was an astounding feat since all the meals were healthy and could be tailor-made to whatever diet initiative I was trying to keep up with, like veganism, vegetarianism, paleo, low-carb, whatever. Now, get ready to hear the number 50 way more than you thought you'd hear it today because listeners of the Practical Stoicism podcast should head over to factormeals.com forward slash practical 50, that's practical 50, and use the code practical50 at checkout to get 50% off. That's code practical50 at factormeals.com forward slash practical50 to get 50% off. Seed DSO-1 is a daily symbiotic, which is a probiotic and prebiotic formulated to provide benefits for gut immune function and whole body health. I take it every morning before I eat, 
which is when it works the best. And I have noticed a big difference in my digestion, regularity, and even my skin. It's nice that this benefit comes in a small package that needs no refrigeration and really is just a couple of simple, small pills. You also get this cool little travel vial in case you're traveling, so you don't have to stuff a bunch of loose pills in your pocket, which is nice. It's also nice that this product is so rigorously tested from a scientific perspective, which makes seeds probiotic research, development, and innovation programs a lot more trustworthy. So trust your gut health to Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com forward slash practical and use code 25practical to get 25% off of your first month. That's 25% off of your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com forward slash practical with the code 25 practical. Welcome back, Prokoptan. And if you're a patron who skipped the ads and the preamble, please forgive my voice today. I've been fighting some travel sickness since arriving back in the UK, but the show must go on. Today, we're diving into Meditation 24 of the Meditations of Marcus Aurelius, which reads as follows. Call to mind the whole of substance, of which you have a very small portion, and the whole of time, whereof a small hair's breadth has been determined for you, and of the chain of causation, whereof you are how small a link. The whole of substance. Substance being capitalized, by the way. Whenever we capitalize an ordinary word in philosophy, it is because we're not talking about the thing that word ordinarily refers to. Substance, to me anyway, in the non-Stoic sense, or at least in the non-this-way sense, brings to mind some sort of semi-gelatinous fluid swirling around in a laboratory flask, like flubber or something. That is a substance, lowercase s. Substance, uppercase s, in this text anyway, is referring to the substance, the thing that is present in variable densities in all things, the thing we call logos. Or, alternatively, Marcus could be talking about the divine breath in general, the pneuma. But I think he's talking about the logos. Which of these two things he actually means, whether he's talking about the Logos or the Pneuma, is not entirely important to understanding the point he's trying to make in this meditation. And you Carl Sagan fans out there may recall one of Sagan's more famous refrains, We are star stuff. Or, for a bit more context, a fuller version of that quote is, The nitrogen in our DNA, the calcium in our teeth, the iron in our blood, and the carbon in our apple pies were made in the interiors of collapsing stars. We are made of star stuff. Sagan and Aurelius are making a similar point, academically anyway, that the ingredients within us are the same ingredients in everything else. The universe's objects are made up of the universe's raw materials. And if that's true, which it obviously is, then whether we are rocks, people, or tardigrades floating out in space, we're tied together by a similarity in constituent bits. Of course, Sagan and Aurelius are not saying the exact same thing. Marcus is saying that you're part of what he would think of as God. You have a share of that divinity, of that divine phenomenon, 
In addition to that, you have only a sliver of time to enjoy that gift as nearly 100% of all the time in the universe has either already passed or will pass after you've died. And then lastly, kind of dismally it would seem almost, Marcus wants you to know how little you have to do with most of what's happened and most of what will happen, because you are but a single tiny link in the chain of causation. And this chain has many bifurcated runs, and you don't get to participate in all of them. You can't, functionally. So you're part of God. You've got only a cosmic second to appreciate that fact and to do what you can do with such a heritage. And finally, no matter what you do, it isn't going to change much because you're fairly insignificant in the grand scheme of things. Okay, Marcus, thanks for that. Let's see what that does for all of our general anxieties around death, dying, career, and life purpose. Are you trying to bum us out? I can absolutely see how it would seem that way, but what Marcus is actually trying to do is not bum us out, but psych himself up. Remember, Meditations is a journal, not a newspaper article, not a Dear Abby advice column. He wants to remind himself that he's a small portion of the divine, probably so that he can more easily accept that there is so much he doesn't know, and to feel empowered as a part of God. He also wants to remind himself that there's little time left for him, and it will be gone before he knows it. And finally, he wants to remind himself that he is a tiny link in both a pile of disconnected and interconnected causal chains, and that he has only a bit of influence over how the world turns out and what happens in it. What if you were to say something like this to yourself every morning? What if every morning you were to stand in front of your mirror before brushing your teeth and say, I'm going to die soon enough, but for now at least, I am alive. I am a portion of an entire cosmos contained in a single human body, and that's pretty incredible. And lastly, I'm powerless to control a lot of things about the world, almost all the things about the world, but I'm not without the very real ability to control my choices and to influence some of what happens in the world through those choices. What if you said that to yourself every day for a week? And that's not a rhetorical question. I actually want you to do this for the next week. I want you to wake up every morning and say that exact thing to yourself, looking yourself in the eye through your bathroom mirror. More than that, though, I want you to spend the rest of that day, every day this week, reminding yourself of those things that you said and acting as if you really believe them and that they really matter to you. And I'm asking you to do this because so often with life philosophies, we expect the philosophy to do the work for us. We expect that we'll read some really compelling text that will blow our minds and force us to act in no other way than in the way our philosophy has suggested we should. I think, therefore I am. Wow, compelling, carpe diem. Oh my goodness, of course I'll seize it. Who wouldn't? Dichotomy of control, live according to nature, 100%. I love nature. I'm a stoic now. But that's not really how it works. These words are only useful to us if we put the ideas they convey into meaningful practice. Do you conceptualize God as the universe and as nature? 
And if you do, do you really feel grateful for that? Do you really realize your limited time on this earth? Do you truly realize your limited power and influence? Do you actually want to be the best version of yourself? And do you actually want to pursue the knowledge of how to become that version of you? Reading these old texts, or listening to this podcast three times a week for that matter, might make you feel like you're being a good Stoic. But reading isn't practice, and practice is the only thing that walks us down the path of progress, the path of the Prakopton. If you're not practicing, you're not walking. You're just reading about how to walk while sitting on a rock, daydreaming about how well you know how to walk and how great life is going to be once you start walking. But first, you've got to read just a little bit more about walking. Moving forward from this episode, I'm going to start providing homework at the end of most episodes. You have been listening to Practical Stoicism for almost two years now, so you know the drill. You know more than enough to start truly practicing if you're not already doing so. You're chasing a virtuous character. That's the point. So let's get walking so we can start running, so we can die as close to sagehood as possible, and so that all the more people and nature will benefit by our existence and effort. Thanks for listening today. Remember, you can get rid of ads and support my work directly by going to stoicismpod.com forward slash members. If you've got suggestions for this Friday's discussion episode, please email them to me via tanner at nosages.com. Until next time, thanks again for listening and take care.